What's going on, everybody? So I officially have watched the new Dragon Ball Super superhero movie. I gotta tell you, I didn't like it. I didn't like it because of what it's based off of. Now, one thing they did very smart. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm just gonna spoil. It's not really a spoiler, but it's the way they opened the movie is that, like, the narrator explained. Well, some of you watching this movie may not have been around old enough to experience what... Goku went through as a kid and fighting the Red Ribbon Army. Because the one thing you have to realize, Dragon Ball Z, the manga ended before I was born. I believe it was animated before I was born. So, I didn't see Dragon Ball Z until mid-2000s? 2002? 2003? And I believe all of Dragon Ball Z was not dubbed and animated until 2005? So between 2000 and 2007, I would watch Dragon Ball. I, that's what I want to say. I don't know how true that is. I could be full of it. Because I know it didn't get fully dubbed until animation. Funim not animation. Funimation took over. Because that's when the voice actors changed. But yeah, I didn't like the movie too much. I didn't like the foundation it was built off of. Because if you watch the Cell games, like the Android Saga and Dragon Ball Z, it's basically that all over again. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, My favorite part of the movie, and I know people are going to get, for the people that know me, they're saying he's saying that because it's his favorite character, is when it shows Goku and Vegeta training, and Goku's basically calling Vegeta lazy, and Vegeta goes like, I'm training my mind. It's not all about muscles. Like, that was my favorite part because I know where the story could potentially go because right now the manga, for lack of a better term, is, is ass right now too because... They're supposedly going to re-adapt this movie. I hope it's either they're going to do it differently or if they are going to just redo it for the people that haven't seen the movie. It's like three chapters at the most and then they continue the original story they were doing before this prequel slash re-adaptation of the movie. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch them out. Official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Peace. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth podcast. I'm Adrian, episode number 88. Here we go. I mean, what a great weekend it was, especially in the betting portion. Of it, but we're going to get to that later. Later. Let's get into the fights that happened this past weekend. And one thing I did not know until these fights started happening is Hussein Ashkabov, a guy I was really high on, he fought in the prelims. Unfortunately, the UFC jitters got to him or he just wasn't facing top competition and he suffered his first loss. I believe he was like 24-0 going into the fight. He suffered his first loss to Jamal Emers. Um, One chick to look out for is Marina Bruno Silva. It's Mayra, sorry, Mayra. Bruno Silva, that chick is awesome. I wonder if she's ranked. She should be ranked. Because Lena Landsberg, after this, retired from MMA. But this Bruno Silva chick, she's awesome, man. I'm a big fan. 
I believe OSP is going to retire. That was a scary knockout. I hope he does. But let me see if this chick is ranked. She should be. Opening up the main card was Alex Hernandez versus Jim Miller. What a crazy fight. What a crazy fight. Let me see. She's not. What weight class is she? Man? Let me make sure it's the right one. Bantamweight. I was looking at the wrong one. Sorry. Let me see here. She is. She's number 12. As she should be. E. I wouldn't want her to fight Misha Tate. I really wouldn't. Because I believe she would run through Misha. She wanted to fight Raquel Pennington, but she's number 12 and Raquel's number 2. So I don't think that's going to happen. And right now it's rumored she's going to fight Irene Aldana. And I believe Holly Holmes is scheduled to fight Yana Kundesnayov. But of course she's out of the rankings because she hasn't competed in a while. I don't know, but I'm high on Bruno Silva. Mayra Bruno Silva. It'd be cool to see her fight. Okay. Her name is now is not Yana Kundesnayov anymore. It's Yana Santos because she's married to Tiago Santos, the former heavyweight title challenger who now fights for PFL. She's married to him, so now her name is Yana Santos. So she's still in the rankings. She just changed her last name, and I didn't know about it. I mean, I hope they don't feed Misha Tate to her because I believe this chick would destroy Misha Tate. I'm telling you, this chick is something else. I'm really high on her. I'm going to keep an eye out on her. I'm excited. Alexander Hernandez versus Jim Miller. That was a crazy fight. Of course, he was one of my picks, right? But I don't know, man. I still see Jim. He has fire, but I don't know if he can keep competing in the UFC. Marcin Pacinio versus William Knight. William Knight froze. Of course, it came out today that the UFC has released him because he has completed his contract. Jamal Puguez versus Josh Parisian. Another good fight. Zach Pauga versus Jordan Wright. That fight was crazy, right? And Jordan thought he won. And I thought Zach would have won. But this this fight card was pretty thin. But there were some sleepers on here. There were some sleepers. Again, I didn't even know who St. Ashkabal was going to fight. If I would have known, I would have been pumping up this fight. But I'm glad I kind of didn't know. Because I would have been pumping up. Like, this dude's about to go in there and kill in the UFC. And look, look what happened. I would have been made a fool. My friends would have had a blast with that. Not me, though, because I don't know, but still keep keep an eye out on Hussein Ashkabov. I believe he's going to do good things in the UFC. Maybe the judge just got to him. Maybe he just was feeling himself a little bit too much. He has 4,000,000.2 Instagram followers, okay? I know that, like, you're saying, what does that matter? That matters. Now, you could tell me, well, what if he just bought I don't care. I don't care that he, he could have bought him, but I don't care. 4.2 million Instagram followers without... I'm surprised he even had like a million even before fighting in the UFC. That shows you how famous he is back in Chechnya, man. That's crazy. So keep an eye out on him. And Bruno Silva. And now, of course, the main event, Aaron Blanchfield versus Jessica Andrade. It didn't go the way I thought it would go in the sense that I thought Andrade was clearly going to be piecing her up on the feet. But that didn't happen. They were going tit for tack. And then... I remember before the sequence happened, because it happened when? A minute 38 into the second round. Well, no, that's when she finished her. So it had to happen, uh, like, about 30 seconds before, like, a minute in. I had to hold the person I was watching it with. I'm like, if this chick takes her down, it's over. I was talking about Aaron Blanchfield and this person. He has this thing that if they're Brazilian, they're automatically black belts at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which... For the most part, not because they're Brazilian they have black belts, but for the most part, Brazilians do have black belts in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but not because they're Brazilian. But anyway, going back to what I was saying. 
Jessica Andrade, I believe she's also a black belt. But when she got taken down, first of all, I thought Je- I think Jessica thinks thought not thinks. Come on, Adrian, thought that she was gonna run through Aaron because she just fought Lauren Murphy back in Brazil and she took the fight on a week's notice. Right? Does it tell me if she's a black belt? She is a black belt. What? Who's Aaron's black belt under? <laughs> you see, she, she's a black belt from Henzo Gracie Academy, bro. There's levels to that. But I don't know. Because it also says Silver Fox BJJ. But if it's if it's the one in New York, which I believe it is, you had John Donaher there for the longest. He's now in Texas, who trains Gordon Ryan and Gary Tonin. So there's level, like, and she's only 23. I'm talking about Aaron Blanchfield here. She's going to be 24 this year, but in May. But think about it. She just fought, right? She couldn't fight before she turns 24. Now we're going to get into what will be next for her. Is she undefeated? No, somebody beat her. Tracy Cortez beat her, but it was a split decision. And then Victor, and it was only her third fight. She beat Miranda Maverick. She beat JJ Aldridge. She beat Molly McCann, and now she beats Jessica Andrade. With only 12 fights. Okay, so going back to the sequence. When she clinched her and got her down, I'm like, dude, this fight's over. She immediately goes to side control. And then she jumps the back and gets the guillotine choke. The, the, my, my cousin, he looked at me, he's like, dude, you weren't lying. As soon as she got her to the floor, it was over. I'm telling you, bro, there's levels to this. Levels. But it was good, man. It was good. So what's next for Erin? Did these did these rankings update already? Yeah, she's number three. Alexa Grasso, who's going to fight Valentina in two weeks, is number six. So there's many different ways you can go here. Originally, so originally Erin was supposed to fight Tyler Santos. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. There are at least four different fights you could give this girl that's not a title shot. You can try to rebook that Tyler Santos fight. You could give her Manan Ferrot for whatever reason. I don't know why Alexa Grasso's getting it over Ferrot unless they asked her and she said no. You can even give her Caitlin Chukagian. And even if Alexa loses, you can have her fight Alexa Grasso. I mean, I understand that's not what people are going to want to hear. But she's even said it herself. She's like, I'm willing to fight. Again, even if it's not for the title, I read it somewhere. I'm going to go find it for you guys. I know where to find it. But she said that straight up. She said, I'm willing to fight even if it's not for the title, which that shows you her mindset, right? Because, again, she's very young. She says, if if I keep fighting, I'll just gain more experience. It's a win-win for me. And there's some announcement. Okay, here it is. We're going to get to announce fights later. I'm definitely okay with fighting again. The title fight's in two weeks, so I think it can line up perfect. If they want me to fight again, I'll gain more experience. I would definitely prefer Valentina Chevchenko. I think she beats Grasso. Grasso is a tough fighter, but I want to be the one to take that title from Chevchenko. Let's see this comment. This dude wrote a long comment. Blanchfield is a very good young fighter, but it's not wise to rush someone of limited experience in the UFC facing top competition. Andrade was coming in on very short notice. I think they should rematch, if anything, in my opinion. Bullet Valentino will overwhelm Aaron with her complete skill set that Aaron doesn't quite possess. Right now in her career, and if they match her against Zhang Wei Li, she'd completely dominate. She'd be completely dominated. Both champions are just strong, are just too strong, too skilled, and just damn good at this point in time. But I do see Aaron being a future champion, I imagine. I don't know, man, because we saw what 
Tyler did to Valentina, right? How old is Valentina? That's something I wanted to check. Because that I don't know. She's 34. So she's got at least three good years in her. Or I don't know if she's like Yo Romero and they'll be fighting top competition until her mid-40s. So might be 10 more years for her. You never know. But we saw how she was having a hard time against Tyler. And she pulled it out, right? But we shall see, man. We This Alexa Grasso fight is very interesting. If she goes in there, blows her out the water... I'm telling you, I wouldn't mind seeing Aaron Blanchfield fight at least four more times before she fights for the belt. Like, make it to the point where, like, they can't deny you. Because right now, they can still deny her with Tyla, who she was supposed to fight for whatever reason she didn't. Manon Ferrot. And then, this will cause her to fight down. But she can also fight Caitlyn Chukagian and Alexa Grasso. But I don't think she'll fight Caitlyn because Jessica beat Caitlyn and Aaron dominated Jessica. And, like, what I don't agree with in that comment is that's the way Jessica fights. The way she fought Aaron is the way she fights everybody. So, with preparation or not, I believe Aaron was just longer and bigger than her. And I believe Jessica's mindset was going back down to 115. So, yeah, there's that. But let's look at this weekend's fight. Nikita Krilov takes on Ryan Spann. The co-main event's pretty good. Andre Muniz will face... Brendan Allen, Augusto Sakai, fights Dante Maiz, Tatiana Suarez makes her return against Monto de la Rosa, Mike Mallet fights Johan Dainis, and the Monkey King Jordan Levitt returns after his loss against Patty Pimblett against Victor Martinez. Again, another kind of thin card. There are, um, there is gold if you really look for like Tatiana Suarez return. That's a good fight. The female Khabib, they call her. Augusto Sakai. No, Andre Muniz versus Brendan Allen. That's a good fight. Nikita Krilov versus Ryan Spann. Okay, if I were to bet, I would bet on Tatiana Suarez, Andre Muniz, and Nikita Krilov. Now, you may tell me, Adrian, why would you bet against Ryan Spann? He just knocked out Dominic Reyes. I want to see what happens if they get into the third round. I believe Nikita Krilov will, will win this fight. So, that's what I'm going with. And then... Of course, the following weekend, we have John Jones versus Cyril Gunn, but that's neither here nor there. Now, they had asked me about this the other day. Is there any update with the IV usage of Islam Mahashev? And here's the update. Combat Sports Commission of Western Australia confirms no evidence or complaint received on IV usage. The day after UFC 284 concluded, Alexander Volkanovsky's training partner Dan Hooker accused light heavyweight champion Islam Mahachev of intra- intravenous drop usage to rehydrate following the weigh-in. Intravenous just means IV drop usage. And then it goes on to quote everything that happens. One thing I, I will ta- talk about is what Eugene Behrman said. City kickboxing coach Eugene Behrman appeared on the MMA Hour and has his own interpretation of the rules. We have reliable information to a point. The information falls short for several reasons, and one of them is that you can actually take an IV before a fight, Behrman said. It just has to be 100 milliliters of saline every 12 hours in a 12-hour block. So what it comes down to is... Whether you believe that people are going to take this saline 100 milliliter and stop. Under the 5.3 of the Combat Sports Commission of Western Australia Co- Code of Conduct, it states the following. 
The 5.3 commission also prohibits use of intravenous therapies which are used for aiding rehydration from excessive deliberate dehydration. And then I go, the article goes on to say, Fine News Australia reached out to the Combat Sports Commission of Western Australia to question if there was an investigation into the claims originally made by Hooker. This was the response we were provided where they confirmed both that any IV usage is banned and no evidence nor complaint has been presented to them thus far. The Combat Sports Commission of Western Australia does not condone any form of cheating within the combat sport industry. The commission has clear codes and policies that align with the World Anti-Doping Agency WADA and bans misuse of intravenous drips. The commission has also no conclusive evidence that any athlete has breached WADA or the commission policies. The commission invites anyone with any relevant information to contact them by using combat sports and then they put an email. And then it goes on to say, Fine News Australia also clarified per code of conduct if there was a secondary way in hours before the event commences, the commission confirmed that this was undertaken. However, information for a secondary way remains confidential. The commission referred to further information about legislation guidelines and the code of conduct via website, via their website. All I'm going to say is nobody's denying that he did it. Now, if they're trying to wiggle their way through rules, I was under the impression that all of that was banned. So if you have any information, the thing is combat sports at dlgsc.wa.gov.au. Or no, that just might be a period to end the sentence. So .au. We shall see, man. We shall see. I mean, this could be bad. This could be bad for the Australia as a whole if they allowed this. And the UFC too, because then Jeff Nowinski came out last week saying, well, he didn't really break the rules. He just went within the rules without nobody really knowing. But anyway, there's that. Conor McGregor shoots down accusations of having fighters replaced on the Ultimate Fighter 31 roster. So as we all know, Conor and Chandler are going to be the next coaches for the next Ultimate Fighter. And so everybody arrived last week. So my understanding is that Conor got wanted some of his guys on the show or some of his guys applied and they didn't get picked they told connor about it connor pulled some strings and got them in so here we go connor mcgregor already has everyone talking about the ultimate fighter before it even started on friday manager daniel rubinstein took to twitter to address a list of fighters that are rumored to be competing on the upcoming season of tough the actual cast list has is yet to be released Putting forth the allegation that McGregor used his influence to have three fighters removed from the cast list in favor of McGregor's associates. McGregor is set to serve as a coach on the season opposite lightweight contender Mike Chandler. And then they put a screenshot of Danny. Danny's pretty cool. I've talked to him on occasions. Ken Cross, Mitch Ramirez, Brent, Brendan Jenkins all got pulled off to make room for three of Connor's guys to be on the show. UFC fighter Gilbert Burns and Chris Curtis also addressed the allegations on Twitter with Burns claiming the former PFL competitor Luzik Razahabov was one of the fighters bumped out to accommodate McGregor and Curtis calling the rumors definitely true. That promoted McGregor to respond to Curtis directly in a tweet that has since been deleted. Connor loves doing that. like He likes saying stuff and then deleting it. And then it goes, his name is Action Man 513 Not true. That's Chris Curtis' handle on Twitter, for those that don't know. He goes, not true. 
I only know one guy on this show, and he's putting himself forward for it. And he is now, after today, set to fight the number one seed. I didn't ask no request, nothing, and I certainly didn't have people removed. I'm just trying to get back into the mix myself, so F off. This is the second time McGregor has served as a coach on tough with the first stint taking place in 2015 when he coached opposite Uriah Faber on that season. McGregor notably featured then-close friend Artem Lobal as a member of his team. And then it goes saying, following the conclusion of Tough, McGregor will compete for the first time since breaking his leg at UFC 264 in July of 2021 when he fights Chandler, with the date and location still to be determined. Okay, the problem is, I wouldn't, I'm more interested in, does this make the cut on, like, is there going to be a point where everybody goes, okay, these three guys are gone, or is it just going to be edited in a way where you don't see that at all? I'm wondering, I'm wondering. And then secondly, I honestly do believe this happened because he, McGregor has that type of pull. And I don't see why Danny Rubinstein would lie. The third thing is Conor McGregor looks huge. I saw a picture of him. I don't know how recent it is, but it's him at the PI with Wonder Boy. Conor looks way bigger than Wonder Boy. And Wonder Boy fights at 170, okay? And like Jesus Christ. Connor looks young. I wonder if he's like slowly but surely coming off of whatever he was doing. Because he was, he's doing something. Because there's no way you look that big without doing any type of something. I'm not going to say he's doing steroids. He's doing something to get that big that I don't think is USADA approved. <laughs> I'll put it like that. But yeah, man. Last thing for today. What are, how are we doing on time? I feel like this has been going on forever. What? Really? Only 30 minutes? Sometimes I feel like when the episodes are shorter, I look at the thing and it tells me like 40 minutes. I'm like, Jesus, but this one, 30 minutes. Deontay Wilder blasts Chell Sonnen after UFC legend calls him a coward for boxing Francis Ngannou first over MMA. A miserable person. Former WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder has gone on the offense against Chell Sonnen. The bronze bomber made headlines earlier this month for challenging Francis Ngannou to a two-fight series. The Predator famously exited the UFC last month after falling to, failing to come to terms on a new contract. Ngannou later hinted a move to the boxing wing with a return tentatively set for July. However, however, the boxer has different plans in mind. For his two-fight series with Ngannou, he would like to compete in MMA. The first bout would come in the boxing ring with the second in the cage for his part. Ngannou later showed interest in the idea on Twitter. That being said, Chael Sonnen isn't a huge fan of the idea. In a recent video published on his YouTube channel, the American gangster blasted Deontay Wilder. The former UFC title, title challenger specifically took issue with the first matchup taking place in a boxing, in boxing rather than MMA. In the video, he dubbed the boxer a coward. In an interview with 78 Sports TV, the former heavyweight champion responded to those comments there. Wilder made it clear that he's not sure who Sonnen is, but he's sure he's a miserable person. He is also offered to fight Ngannou in MMA rather for He's also offered to fight Ngannou first in MMA rather than boxing. And he goes on to say, Who is this guy again? When you're successful, you don't listen to the whispers or miserable people's cries. Deontay Wilder stated in the interview, I don't listen to those things. I've been traveling too much. I've been handling business. I've been feeding my family. I haven't been sitting around worrying about the foolishness or sounds of foolish people for me. 
because I don't make no money off of foolishness, I don't entertain it. But I might need to start getting me a podcast and start making some money off of YouTube. He continued. But that's just another human being, a miserable person. That's just what he feels. I don't feel too much emotion about what people say. Someone wants to come out and maybe get clicks on his podcast or whatever he tries to do. Then, hey, more power to him. But we know what what we've got going on. Why not boxing? Why not MMA? I said they always come to boxing. I would love to come to MMA too. So what what is the cowardly thing? Whatever sports go first, whatever sport goes first, it doesn't matter. Whatever business goes first, it doesn't matter. Whether we do MMA first or boxing first. Um, I don't know. I just feel that's Chell being, as the English people would call it, cheeky. I don't think Deontay is a coward. I will say, I do like this Deontay Wilder matchup a lot more than the original rumored Francis versus Tyson Fury matchup. Because I, I honestly believe Tyson Fury's footwork would be too much for Francis. And like... Even in, because you could sit there and go, well, even in MMA, they're just going to stand there and punch each other. It's not like Francis is going to go for a takedown. No, but Francis can kick. And Francis will kick, do leg kicks. He'll throw head kicks. He threw a nice head kick against Stipe in the second fight. If you don't remember, go back and look at it. So there is advantages. And they won't break him out of the clinch like they do in boxing if Francis decides to clinch and throw that uppercut. MMA favors Francis because he's fought under that rule set. And let's not... Forget, he has a nasty Kimura. Remember the first fight with Curtis Blades? Curtis Blades wanted to take him down. Francis nearly broke his arm off with the Kimura. That's when Francis had the dreadlocks. You guys remember that? You guys remember dreadlock Francis? That was amazing. And I wasn't too sold on Francis, even with the first Stipe fight, because I remember saying, Stipe's going to destroy him. Because, again, going back to the Andrade thing, he fought Alistar Overeem in December, right? He beats him. And then they immediately put him into the headlining spot for the July card because they needed a, a fight for July. And Stipe said yes and Francis said yes because Francis was feeling himself. Much like I believe Jessica was. Much like I believe uh, Davison Figueredo was when he beat, um, what's that dude's name? Alex Perez and then he fights Brandon Moreno the next month in December. So if this is a two-fight series, I'm interested because of their skill set. They're very similar. I do think Deontay hits harder, though, because he's been able to get similar results in boxing gloves that Francis gets in MMA gloves. So I wonder what a punch from Deontay Wilder in an MMA glove looks like. I wonder what that looks like. But we shall see, man. We shall see. Um, We got the opinion episode coming up. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about on here that I kept a secret for the opinion episode because I do want to make them different because I was listening back to them. And for the opinion episode, I was like reiterating a lot of stuff I said for this episode. So I do want to keep some stuff away for the opinion episode, which will be opinion. Like, I want to talk about the Jens Pulver thing. I'll give you guys a preview. I want to talk about the heat Ariel Hawani is receiving from Tony Khan. I haven't watched that interview because the interview is like an hour long. But like opening the interview, they were already at each other's throats. I'll just say that. I'm going to watch it from here till the next episode. And I'm going to let you guys know what I think about it. Um, Yeah, man. But thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Remember, follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Remember, you could tweet at me. You can send me DMs. But if you send me DMs, um, make it something reasonable. And keep a lookout for the... 
PITM picks. I will post that on Instagram sooner rather than later. I might leave that for the opinion episode rather than this one. I think I'm going to do that in the future. This one, I did it for this one, right? But next time, I might do it for the opinion episode. That'd be cool, right? But we shall see. All right, guys. Later. Peace.